Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, check out our website at freechapel.org. Come on, why don't you give Him praise right there in your living room, in your car, wherever you're watching this service. He's an awesome, awesome, mighty God. Well, happy Father's Day. We want to say a huge happy Father's Day to all of those amazing Dads out there, we love you and uh, we're so grateful for you. Happy Father's Day to my own dad and of course to my father-in-law, our senior pastor. So love you guys and so appreciate you. And uh, God is good and uh, we're gonna jump straight into it. And uh, so if you have a Bible, I want you to get your Bible. Um, While you're doing that, I wanna also make sure that we say a hello um, to all of our first-time guests. I know that we have first-time guests every Sunday when we meet here in person. And so um, I dare say we have so many people that are watching for the first time online. So I wanna say hello to you. Thank you for streaming and uh, watching this, uh, this message. So if you are visiting um, online with us, uh, I'd love to invite you. Why don't you text um, hello1 to 313131. Um, this way we can uh, stay connected with you, let you know what's going on in our church. And, uh, and how you can uh, how you can be involved. And uh, so if you can uh, grab your Bibles and uh, we're gonna jump straight into it. Um, two weeks ago, I uh, started, a, I preached a message and I guess started a little two-part, uh, maybe it'll be a three-part series um, on overcoming the odds. And uh, we were so blessed last week to hear a powerful life-changing message from our senior pastor, Pastor Jensen. And uh, this week, I wanna jump straight back in um, as we continue this little series, if you like, on overcoming the odds. It's, it's, uh, it's something that I think is a powerful principle um, that we find all throughout Scripture where God so often called people to do mighty things in the middle of difficult circumstances. We see it um, in our world right now and in the past few weeks, the, the challenges that we've been experiencing as a nation and the brokenness and the divide, the challenges that, that we experienced in a pandemic and coming out of a pandemic into so much racial divide and so much hurt and so much pain as a nation, in the natural, it, it has looked like the odds have been against us. Maybe you're a business owner and you had to shut down your business due to the pandemic. Maybe you got sick. Maybe you lost a loved one. Uh, maybe it's challenges within your marriage or challenges in your family, whatever it might be. The odds in the natural seem like they've been against you. And so that was what stirred my heart um, to preach these couple of messages um, to help build your faith that you serve a God who has a history of defying the odds. You serve a God that despite what was against him, he always rose up victorious. And I wanna continue in this series. I wanna look at the life of Elijah and I want you to turn with me as we, as we begin to just have a look at this in these next few moments. I want you to turn to 1 Kings, um, 1 Kings chapter 17, excuse me, and verse, uh, and verse one. It says, And Elijah, Elijah the Tishbite, 
of the inhabitants of Gilead said to Ahab, as the Lord God of Israel lives before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years except at my word. Then the word of the Lord came to him saying, get away from here and turn eastward and hide by the brook brook Cherith, which flows into the Jordan. And it will be that you shall drink from the brook and I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord. For he went and stayed by the brook Cherith, which flows into the Jordan and ravens brought him bread and meat in the evening, in the morning and bread and meat in the evening and he drank from the brook and it happened after a while that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. If you don't know what happens in the rest of this story of Elijah, Elijah moves from there and, and he has this encounter with a widow and, and performs numbers of miracles with her um, and in her life and one of which is, is, is raising her son from the dead. Then Elijah, the story continues um, and Elijah confronts Ahab, Jezebel once again. These, these were evil, this was an evil couple, evil kings over the land of Judah at the time. Yet despite the odds that were against him, Elijah continued to overcome those odds. So much so that he actually called a showdown where he went up on top of Mount Carmel and he called down fire from heaven. In fact, he said to Ahab, bring out the worst of the worst. He said, bring, bring the best you got. Bring the best fighters. And he brought, brought them out, 450 prophets of Baal. The odds in that moment were against him. And right from the start of this story, when Elijah comes onto the scene, the odds are against him. I want you to see this and and in your own personal time with God, I wanna encourage you, why don't you go back and read the story of Elijah so this word can get in your spirit. Because what I want you to catch today and my prayer is, and I'm gonna give you a few points to follow with me. But my prayer is today that you would actually catch or activate rather the spirit of Elijah to overcome every obstacle that comes against you. The Bible actually talks about in Luke 1 and verse 16 and 17, when God speaks to a man called Zacharias in regard to his son, John the Baptist, he says he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God, He will also go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah. So I want you to see that this this character that we are talking about, we know what the way in which God dealt with the Israelites, the Bible says is an example to us as modern day Christians and modern day people of God. So when we read these stories of the Israelites and people of God, we can apply this to our life today that if God was able to use Elijah and empower Elijah to overcome the odds that were against him in this story and in this day and time, all those years ago, you need to know that that same spirit by the living God still lives inside of you. And if you can activate that spirit of Elijah in your life, you will overcome every obstacle. 
every obstacle in your life. There will be nothing that will hold you down, nothing that will hold you back from what God has called you to do, but you have to know what it is to overcome the odds. So I want you to see what's going on in this story when Elijah first comes on the scene. As I mentioned earlier, you have Ahab and King Ahab and Queen Jezebel. These were evil people. Things were not looking good for the people of God at this point. As we've been talking about, the odds were against them. There was brokenness. There was oppression. There was sin. There was hurt. There was pain. This was what the people of God were living in. But I want you to see something here because it's so, the appearance of Elijah on the scene is so immediate. It's so quick. It's, it just goes, if you read these few verses before, it's speaking of the idols that Ahab was erecting. And then all of a sudden, you pick it up in verse 17. And Elijah, Elijah I'm sorry, the Tishbite came in and he said something. He said a word, he spoke a word to Ahab. So this caused me to look at this guy, Elijah, and I started to ask myself, where has this joker been? All of a sudden, we're reading, we're reading, and you hear, you read verses and verses about how far the people of God are from their purpose. Verses and verses about how bad it is. Verses and verses about how broken, about the evil, about how bad Ahab is, about how bad Jezebel is. She's killing prophets. And then all of a sudden, Elijah steps on the scene. This guy, it looks like this joker came out of nowhere. It looks like all of a sudden, I'm like, hang on, who? Elijah, the Tishbite, now Elijah is in front of the king? I want you to see something because I believe that there's a powerful principle here for our life. That when Elijah showed up to that king that day and began to speak something, he wasn't just walking in there, just off the cuff, off of just a last minute thought, I'm gonna give this thing a crack and maybe try and get a word or get the ear of the king. No, I want you to see, and the first thing I want you to write down is it needs the word of God in order for you to overcome the odds, you have to store it up. I'm gonna give you three things. But the first thing I want you to see is you have to have something stored up in your spirit. That's where Elijah got this. That's where Elijah got this, this boldness. What was he doing all this time? Where was he? Elijah was storing up the Word of God in his spirit. In fact, theologians say that the reason Elijah stepped onto the scene at this point was Elijah was so familiar with the Word of God that there was actually a word that God had spoken earlier in the Scriptures in Deuteronomy chapter 11 and verse 15 to 17, where it speaks, God speaks directly to this day and age in 1 Kings chapter 17. And when Elijah realised because of the 
the word that he had stored up back in Deuteronomy, he caught that word in his spirit. So when there was the opportunity for him to come before the king, he was speaking from a place where it had been stored up within him. Are you stirring up the Word of God? I wanna tell you, if you try and build a solid house in the middle of a storm, it's too late. We gotta start to build the house and the foundation of our life before the storms hit. That's how you're gonna overcome the odds in your life. But we don't often live like that enough. We don't live in this place of storing up the Word of God. Psalms 119 Verse 10, David said, with my whole heart, listen to these words. Challenge me again, with, with my whole heart, with every part of me, I have sought you. David, speaking of God. Oh, let me not wander, or let me not walk away from your commandments. How easy can it be? How easy can it be for us to wander away from the commandments of God? How easy can it be for us to allow distractions and things get in our life? David goes on to say, your word I have hidden in my heart. That word hidden, that's what it means. It means to store it up, to store up the things of God in us. The problem is, I think for us too often is we just get, we get so distracted, even as Christians that love God and, and, and that love His Word. I don't, I don't think we don't have the Word stored up enough within us because we don't, we don't love His Word. I don't think it's because we don't respect His Word or we don't have opportunity for His Word or or maybe I don't even think necessarily it's because we don't hear His Word. I think sometimes it's because we're not listening to His Word. My son, as we celebrate Father's Day today, my son Luca is three. And uh, he, uh, he is, a nice way to put it would be rambunctious. He gets it from his mum, so pray for me. But um, Luca will be, will be playing. He has a myriad of toys that he plays with. His favourite right now is trucks. Well, he's got, he's got three favourites. You cannot go wrong. You buy my son a truck, an aeroplane, or a dinosaur, he's gonna be a happy boy. But my son, Luca, will be sitting there. He'll, he'll, he'll have his truck. He'll, he'll have a tractor. He'll, uh, he'll correct me. Like this kid, he's three. He, he knows the names of dinosaurs. He gets mad if you get them wrong. I'll look at him. He knows different types of trucks. I said to him the other day, Luke, are you playing with a truck? And he looks at me like, like, God forbid I get it wrong. He said, no, it's not a truck. It's a tractor. I'm like, I'm very sorry, son. Uh, he's sitting on the ground and he'll be looking at a truck and, and it's, just, it's just a simple little, little toy and, and I'll wanna grab his attention. So of course I'll say, Luca, trying not to raise my voice, trying to stay, stay calm, trying to walk in the fruits of the Spirit. Come on, Dad, it's hard sometimes. And, but Luke will be sitting there and he'll be playing with his truck. And he's in, there's the, the, the proximity to be able to hear me. I'm speaking, Luca, Luca. Come on, parents, we've been there a thousand times before. And Luke is, Luca. Luca, 
I mean, it's like a broken record. We've all been there. It's like a broken record. Luca. And then finally, 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 he'll just, all of a sudden, he'll just, and he'll look up at me with these huge, big brown eyes, all innocent like, and be like, yes, Dad. I'm like, dear Lord, where have you been the last 50 times I said your name? Do you know where he was? He was with a tractor. That's where he was. The proximity was there, but he wasn't. And I say this picture and this little analogy for us because this is where I think too often we are when it comes to the Word of God. We, we, we're sitting there. Maybe you don't have a tractor playing with, that you're playing with. But maybe it's, it's, it's the job, the occupation that you have and you're sitting there just trying to make more money, just trying to get ahead, just trying to do what you can do. And your God is trying to speak to you and grab your attention. And you're just sitting there, just scrolling through your social media, just looking at comments on Instagram, just letting yourself absorb every single thing that every other person on the face of the earth is saying on their social media, but you're not getting in the Word of God and you're not listening to the Word of God. And we wonder why when difficulties come and obstacles, come that we don't overcome because we are trying to actually overcome things with the things of the world. Things of the world are not gonna get you through. Things of the world will just distract you from what God is trying to speak to you. What are the toys that are surrounding your life? I said to my wife today, I said, I'm taking, I'm gonna take a, I'm taking a break from, from social media, and I think social media can be great. I don't think it's bad. I'm not one of those people that says, go and you know, bury your head in the sand. But, but I said to my wife today, I said, I'm taking, I just wanna take a, wanna take a little social media sabbatical, just pull a pin on this thing for a minute. Why? Because I just feel like I need, I just need to let my, my spirit just breathe a minute. I feel I need to let my head breathe a minute. Too many of us, we're surrounded, we're sitting, we've got, we got little toys that we're playing with and we're sitting, we're like little immature kids. The Bible talks about us not being immature in the Word, not living on the milk of the Word, but moving from the milk of the Word to the meat of the Word. A baby is fed milk, which is secondhand food, is come through what the mother has consumed. And we have too many Christians living off secondhand revelation, wondering why every time something goes bad in your life, you fall apart. What can we learn during this season right now in our lives is it's time to put down the toys and tune into your God and listen to what He's trying to say. Surrender some things in your life. I don't know what the toys are for you. As I said, maybe it is your occupation. Maybe it's, what about this? Maybe it's your will and what you want for your life. And you're so obsessed with the little picture that you have of what you want your life to be that that's become that little toy that you're just looking at, that you're just focused on. And you're so fixated on a picture that you're missing God's purpose. That you've idolised a picture of your will. You're missing God's purpose. You will not store up 
the Word of God in your life that will help you sustain difficult times. The second thing I want you to see that Elijah did is Elijah was not somebody that just stood up, but Elijah was somebody that also stood up. And this is something that I wanna speak to the church right now that I believe that the days are gone where the church just hides in a little back end closet and comes out on Sundays between the hours of 9.30 and 11.15 on a Sunday morning. And then we go back to the little back end closet. No, I think it's time for us to actually stand up and do, to declare some things that are in God's Word and to actually believe God's Word from the Word that has been stored up in our life, but we don't stand up because we have not stored up. How did Elijah, how did Elijah come on with such bold, this joker was ready to roll and he didn't listen. He did not bring like a nice positive word to King Ahab. It wasn't it wasn't like it was this encouraging word. It wasn't like Elijah came in and said, hey, King Ahab, just wanna let you know, you're about to have a great day, thus saith the Lord. He didn't say that. Joker comes in and says, hey, there's gonna be no rain. There's gonna be no dew except at my word. Then he just bounces and gets out of there. You gotta understand, he's talking to a king Ahab and Jezebel were killing, killing prophets at the time. Elijah, where do you get this boldness to stand? It came from a word that was stored. The Bible says that the righteous will be bold as a lion. Why are we not standing up in the church enough and speaking? Because we don't have anything worth saying because we're not in the Word of God enough. If we knew the Word of God and we knew what God stood for, we would step into spaces that the enemy has previously occupied and we would have the confidence and the boldness to speak life and to speak hope and to speak love and to speak peace and we would not be intimidated by the world. But we're too often, we're back foot Christians. And we wonder why we're not winning the fight. You ask any boxer, you will win no fight if you're on the back foot. It's time for us as the church to get on the front foot. If we don't speak to these spaces, the enemy will. And for too long in the past, the church has just done the church's thing on Sunday and we have left too many spheres of society so accessible to the enemy. And we wonder why the enemy's in politics, the enemy's in the music industry, the enemy's in Hollywood, the enemy's in education. And we as the church, we sit in our little church circles on Sunday complaining about how evil they are and how evil they are. Can I suggest to you that the enemy has it because we do did not step into it. And I think it's time for us as the church to stand up and take back some spheres of society that the enemy has previously owned. It's time for the church to be the church. That's why I'm not afraid to stand. 
That's why I'm not afraid to stand for what is right, for what is just. When we see an injustice, we're shaken in our boots, hesitant. Do you not know God's Word? Do you not know what the love of Jesus looks like? Do you have it stored up in your heart so you can stand for it when you need to stand for it? But we are so easily intimidated. And let me just correct something real quickly that's gonna rattle every religious person watching. It's not enough just to pray. Faith without works is dead. You kill your faith when you do nothing. It's not enough just to pray. We have to pray and I believe in the power of prayer, but we also have to stand. One of the greatest verses that we love to quote so much in church, Second Chronicles. 7 and verse 14. If my people called by my name humble themselves and pray. He says, I'll heal their land. Notice we focus so much on the tail end that God's gonna heal the land. God's gonna heal the land. God's gonna heal the land. But I want you to look at the first few verses of it. The land healed will not just happen if the people, he says, if, If my people, the land being healed is the promise, but the promise is predicated upon what God's people do. God's plan was that His kingdom would be outworked through His people. That's why Jesus said, all authority has been given unto me, therefore you Go, but we're not. We stand where we are and we say, God move, God move, God move. And God says, I did. I made a big move from heaven to the cross. So now it's time for you to move in the power that I accomplished for you on the cross of Jesus Christ. He had something stored up. He stood up, he stored it up, he stood it up. And then he spoke it out. He spoke it out. You have to speak to the obstacles in your life. You have to speak out of your mouth. Hebrews 10, verse 22. Let us draw near with a true heart. 22 to 25. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. Having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. We've got to speak it out, church. You've got to speak to every single thing that is coming against your life. You've got to speak to the odds. If you don't speak to the odds, the odds will start speaking to you. There is power in what you speak. You've got to start lining up your declaration with what you're believing God to do. Too many of you, you you give the enemy access into your world, access into your life, access into your mind by what you declare out of your mouth. We've got to speak it out of our mouth. I love the story of Jesus when Jesus went and raised Lazarus from the dead. 
And I love the picture because you have Jesus that arrives at this horrible, horrible situation. Everybody had given up. People of faith had given up. Lazarus' own family had given up. And they rolled, he said, roll away the stone. And back then you, you had stones, uh, uh, um, uh, I'm sorry, the, 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 these, these uh, caves where they would, where they would bury, they, they, would, they would bury them. It was like a cave and they rolled roll the stone away. And these caves, it wasn't like going to the cemetery and you looked for the L aisle to find Lazarus. It wasn't like that. It was this cave, this, this pit, and they rolled the stone away. So Jesus, this is the picture that I get. Jesus is standing there looking straight to the darkness. And Jesus speaks to the darkness and He calls out life. He spoke to the odds. This is what we have to do as Christians. If you wanna overcome the odds in your life, you've got to start speaking to them. And when you speak the Word over them, you send the Word out into your situation and the Word will do what the Word set out to do. But the Word wants to work through your declaration. You have to store up, you have to stand up, You have to speak up and then your God will show up. And we don't have time, but the rest of the story leads to supernatural provision. God speaks and says, this is where I need you to go, Elijah. You're gonna go to this place called there. This place called there. And I'm gonna supernaturally bring food your way. I'm gonna supernaturally feed you. I'm gonna supernaturally start to bring breakthrough in your life. But I need you first to store up, to stand up and to speak up. And if you're faithful to do it, your God will show up. And I wanna tell you something, your God will never, ever, ever leave you hanging. Your God will never, leave you hanging. And some of you that have felt like He has before, wait, just wait, because God is faithful. He always, when we step out in faith, this was a man that was stepping out in faith. You're gonna front up to a king that's killing prophets and you're gonna come with a word stored up in your spirit and you're gonna stand up and you're gonna speak up. You better know you're stepping out in faith and when you do it, your God will show up. He won't leave you hanging. And I wanna encourage every single person right now. God's about to show up in your marriage. He's about to show up in your community. God's about to show up in this nation. If we are obedient and if we will humble ourselves and get back to the foot of the cross and say, God, I need You. God, I need You in my life. I cannot do it on my own. If we are faithful to do it, your God will show up. He is that good and He has proven it time after time. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you were blessed.